In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents Diet Starts Tomorrow with host Aileen Drexler. I'm having a relationship with my pizza. In a world where wellness looks perfect on Instagram. Just doing my workout. Tuesday's arms and back. But feels anything but in real life. Is butter a carb? Yes. This is the podcast exploring the emotional side of well-being. I would be proud to partake of your pecan pie. From people who understand the struggle. I am on the third day of my cleanse diet. Hello and welcome to Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'm your host, Aileen. And for today's guest, who I am so, so, so pumped to be speaking to, we have Alicia McCarvel, TikTok creator with 5.6 million followers. Holy shit. Um, she uses humor on her platform to tackle conversations about body image, self-worth, self-love. And you have recently gone so viral. I've just like, you've been <laughs> popping up all over my feed. So I'm really excited to talk to you about all of that and also clapping back at all these trolls who just are the worst. So anyway, welcome, Alicia. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk. Yes. And also you're friends with a friend of the pod, um, Bert's Papaya, Sarah, right? Yes. She's yeah. great. I love a friend Incredible. of a friend. <laughs> yeah. Sarah's been, Sarah's just been like a huge, well, she's become one of my best friends, but she was originally the first creator that sh- cross posted my content from TikTok to oh. Instagram, which like blew up my Instagram. Um, and yeah, she's, she's one of my favorite people in the entire world. So yeah, she's awesome. And, um, so you're you're from Canada, right? She's from Canada, and you guys—that yeah. just happens to be the case, or like, yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, no, she's big. <laughs> yeah, Canada is big. I'm on the east coast, and she's uh, central, but that doesn't stop us from pretty much seeing each other every eight weeks now, which we've has become a luxury. But <laughs> that's awesome. Um, well, I'm so excited to talk to you today, and just like also hear about like your background and what brought you to be the creator that you are today? So for audience members, DSDers who don't, who aren't familiar with your content, can you just give like a little, just a brief intro to like what you post about? And then we can dive into like how you got to that point. Yeah, sure. So I would consider my content uh, comedy-based or humor-based. Um, it's authentic. It's just based off of my everyday life. I try not to embellish anything. I try to make it real. I show up on my good days and my bad days um, and every day in between. Um, I talk a lot about my relationship with my husband, my relationship with my body and my relationship with movement. Um, And yeah, it allows me to have a, a vast array of content um, but my hopes while watching it is just to either make you laugh after a hard day or um, help you live your life in a more authentic way, separated from your body. Yeah, that's great. And I feel like I definitely get that from your account. One of your fa- my favorite things that you posted, I was 
sighing about is when you you posted something like I took off my bra like seductively <laughs> to my husband and then like popcorn came out and I was like I like <laughs> choked I spit out my water because I was like that was not expecting that and that is so fucking funny <laughs> and uh, that yeah. I really appreciate because that is like very honest but- yeah and also like the fact that you both were laughing about that whereas like a lot of people might sort of feel embarrassed like if that happened to me i'd be like oh my god i'm mortified but the fact that like the fact that you found the humor in that with like together is so yeah. is we've is been great. together for a very long time so <laughs> and our relationship is super based in humor yeah. um so that was like an easy like pullover to like my content and, and sharing those humorous things between the two of us because he comes off as quiet and shy but he's also like one of the funniest uh human beings on the planet so it's cool to get to share those intimate moments and i think I think we think we're alone when we, when we go through those things that are so silly or so funny or might typically be embarrassing, but everybody has those moments. Absolutely. And like, yeah. And I'm not saying that that was my favorite thing that you posted. You post like really inspirational things. But I just mean like the little kind of subtle post. I thought it was great. But so, okay. So you talk, you do talk a lot about like your relationship with your husband. And that was one of like the posts that went like crazy viral, which I'm sure welcomed so many people from like the depths of the internet to like (laughs) share their thoughts. So can you talk about that? And then again, like also what brought you to be this, you know, creator that talks about love and their husband and body love, I mean. Yeah. I mean, they're both intertwined. I'll talk how I became it first because it makes a lot more sense to like the video going viral. But there was a trend that was viral on TikTok almost three years ago that was my partner's 10 times hotter than me check. And it was just a sound. And it was like, my partner's 10 times hotter than me check. And then it was pictures of contrasting partners. So I was going through the sound watching and I'm looking at these couples who by beauty standards are both, you know, 10 out of 10s. We're talking like these these beautiful human beings that are in a relationship together. And then the comment sections are awful. It's literally, they're just arguing about who's uglier, who's, who's less in the relationship. It's just a bunch of strangers essentially commenting on this, this beautiful couple. And I was like, okay, well, do you want to see a couple that by beauty standards doesn't make sense? I'll show you one. Um, I definitely knew what I was doing when I posted it. Um, and I posted this photo or this video of me in the forefront, um, obviously being fat and my husband in the background and I exploited him to the fullest (laughs) in this video. He's like, got his shirt off. He's at the beach. He's like, so he's like lip. I think he's like weightlifting in one of the photos. And I sent it to him and I was like, this is going to go viral. And he was like, no, it's not. I was like, I think it is. And it, was slow for about 24 hours and then it hit like, yeah, it, it skyrocketed. Um, and then two days later I had a platform of 56,000 people who were, who were watching. Um, and originally the comments 
were trash, which I anticipated. Um, but then I realized how many people were in relationships just like mine. Yeah, mm-hmm. either had married their high school sweetheart or were in a relationship where they felt inadequate to their partner or their partner felt inadequate to them. Um, and a lot of people were just like, but we want to see this, like sh- continue to share your life because this is what my life is. And I think it's important to see. And we were like, Oh crap. Like now what do we do? Mm-hmm. Um, so we decided to create what I call pillars. Um, and from very business strategic moment while laying in bed on a random morning mm-hmm. um, and just kind of picked how we would base our content, the things that I was passionate about and picked our pillars. And we've just stuck to those pillars ever since by creating. And then there's a lot that happens between then and now. However, the video that just went viral, which is kind of probably my most viral, I'll say my most viral video and the most, the video that got the most media attention was a simple transaction, like a transition video of me and my husband getting ready for a wedding. And it was us in towels. I swiped the camera and then we're, you know, dressed up and the video went, that video went viral. And again, I anticipated what was coming. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was like, you know what, like, let's have a conversation about this. Like, let's go to the comment section and like, let's actually break down why people are stunned. Like why this video is doing as well as it is, because I'm just a regular couple, regular couples on this app every single day are posting transition videos and I did it. And for some reason, mine's got 28 million views on it. So I made an explanation video, um, which is the second video that went viral um, which I didn't anticipate because typically the things that go viral on TikTok or the internet aren't the good things or the mm-hmm. things where you're necessarily sticking up for yourself or actually speaking factually. Um, and then that video went viral. And again, a lot of people joined my community that, that were thinking, you know, you're right. Like, why do we base our worth in relationships off of our bodies? Like, why is that the first thing um, we talk about? And yeah, so that is that has been outrageous. Um, right. There's still articles being posted about it, and for the majority, like ninety nine point nine percent of them have been incredibly positive and uh, and have used my information and the things that I said for good, and it's been incredible. But that's kind of how we got here. I guess this is yeah. how how I got on your guys's radar as well. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we. I think I like I saw it too. I saw the explanation video. I think that that's the one that went viral for me and then I brought it up during another show, another episode where it was like, this is amazing. And I love that like you're standing up for yourself. But I also like, I felt like you knew what you were doing. You were posting that. So like you definitely had strong feelings already yeah. to like support why you were doing it. So I guess that can, we can go there. Like, so you weren't surprised that it went viral. Why? And then also, what did you say in your explanation video? Yeah. So, I mean, I wasn't surprised that the other video went viral just because if for some reason, well, I know the reason, but anytime we post together, it becomes this, oh my gosh, why is he with her? How did she get him? Um, and then I was like, okay, well, let's talk about it because I built my entire platform on these outrageous moments that people are seeing mm-hmm. that are not outrageous at all. You know, it's not outrageous that he is my partner. It's outrageous that you think he shouldn't be. And right. that's kind of where I went with my messaging. And I just talked about how um, as a society... 
um, we view human beings worth first and foremost off of the way that they look. We have this mold, uh, this beauty standard mold that for some reason, all of us understand and all of us have this mold. And when we meet people, we base their worth off of how easily they fit into that mold. We base their flaws off of whether or not they fit into this mold. We base their ability to get a partner off of this mold. We base their ability for jobs off of this mold. We we base everything off of it. Mm-hmm. And so when people see my husband and I, he fits extremely well into this this beauty standard mold. And I don't even get through it. So it's one of those things where people look at us and then in order for them to understand how two people who don't fit in or how one person that doesn't fit into this mold is, is with somebody who does, they start taking things or adding things to me. Like she must have money or, um, taking things, away from him saying things like, uh, he must be gay or he must have a fetish for fat women or all of these things to try to make it make sense in their head. When realistically we make sense because we are the same human being and in the opposite sex, like we have been together for a long time. Our whole relationship is built on so much more than our bodies. I was 15 years old when I met my husband uh, he was 15 years old. Um, he did not look like he looks now. And I did not look like I look now. And um, I attribute a lot of our success as partners based off the fact that we are best friends. And it had nothing to do with how we fit into this mold. We were learning the mold as we were together. So when we met each other, we weren't trying to fit each other into the mold. We were just like learning it at the time. Um, and I think as adults we've already learned the mold. So when you look at other people, instead of trying to understand it, you're just trying to fit them in it. And it just, I, it's a frustrating part of, um, society in general. And, uh, it obviously is intertwined with so much, so many other things. And, um, obviously with my background with movement and fitness and exercise, um, these beauty standards are what, make people struggle on a regular basis, not only with finding a partner or feeling adequate in their partnership, but also finding movement that brings them joy or doing things for their body out of love instead of out of, out of hate. And, um, that was kind of the message I was looking to get out when I was talking about it. And it was far, people were far more receptive to it than I ever anticipated them being. Um, and I think it started a really cool conversation for people that like, perhaps we're not seeing past what we need to be seeing past to, to understand, um, the world in general, because it might just be my relationship, but this is something that's impacting every human being on this planet. Yeah. You sort of gave permission. Like you were saying, there's a lot of couples that like are like that, like feel the same way, but they might not feel as confident to be with their partner. So you gave permission like to shed the shame of it. Like you were like, why should I feel (laughs) like bad about my like relationship? Like, because you're telling me I don't fit like a certain mold that you've, you're, you're, you didn't even make, you're just prescribed, you're subscribing to it. 
feels like cat food has been the same forever. Smelly, boring, made of mystery ingredients. That's why you've got to try Smalls. Smalls cat food is protein-packed recipes made with preservative-free ingredients you'd find in your fridge. And it's delivered right to your door. Make the switch from kibble and give your cat a meal they'll love. We actually sent some to my friend who is fostering kittens and it is the only thing they will eat. It comes in these pate packages and you scoop it and you just feel like you're a chef for your baby kitties and they j'adore it. Your cute kitty is descended from ferocious desert cats who hunted live prey. Even if your cat prefers to nap all day, they still need fresh protein-packed meals for a balanced and healthy diet. Other brands fill their food with mysterious meat byproducts, artificial flavoring, and preservatives with names I don't even want to try to pronounce. After switching it up to Smalls, 90% of cat owners reported overall health improvements. That's major. The team at Smalls is so confident your cat will love their product that you can try it risk-free. That means they'll completely refund you if your picky cat won't eat their food. Now is the time to make the switch to Smalls. Head to smalls.com slash DST and use promo code DST at checkout for 50% off your first order plus free shipping. That's the best offer you'll find, but you have to use my code DST for 50% off your first order. One last time, that's promo code DST for 50% off your first order plus free shipping, baby. This episode is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always find the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you, Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for this season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. And you always have the option to buy what you love. I love Newly. I've rented so many cute things from there, and I've even made a few purchases from there. And they're always spot on. They have so many brands that I honestly could never afford in real life. So it's great to be able to rent them. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DST20. Just go to Newly, that's N U U L Y dot com, and enter the code DST20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's, with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Also, you shed light on another thing in that explanation video, which was like people having the audacity to like slide into your DMs <sighs> or his DMs. The example that you gave was like, you should be with a woman like me. And you said like, she overvalues mm-hmm. herself and you, and they're assuming that you're undervaluing yourself. And I thought that was like very, very insightful because it's all just about like just mixing your butt, like what you look like and your worth. And it's not even about that. Like he doesn't see it like that. Yeah. So I thought that was, that was amazing. I did an Instagram poll and I asked for my followers who fit the beauty standards to tell me how they think the beauty standards affect their life. And it was really eye-opening for me as someone who doesn't fit society's beauty standards to really understand that 
it's not just people outside of the beauty standards that struggle. It's also people inside of the beauty standards because, um, I firmly believe that when you lead with your body first or you allow your body to hold you back, you're doing the exact same thing. If, if you're overvaluing your worth based off of what you look like and I'm undervaluing my worth based off of what I look like, we might be on opposite ends of the spectrum, but neither of us are living fulfilled lives because of that. Because at the mm. end of the day, our bodies are not going to look this way and we're not going to look this way forever. And I think I had always felt that way, but my ability to articulate it over the last two years with the things that I've learned and my ability to kind of see through the eyes of my audience as a fat person and as somebody who doesn't fit the mold of the beauty standards for a long time, I believed that I was the only one struggling, that people outside of the beauty standards were the only people struggling, and that we're the only ones that struggle with um, feeling shame around our body. Or, But I've come to learn, and something that I think is so important in demanding respect and demanding that we start to see past those things is realizing that people who fit the mold of the beauty standards are also struggling, struggling to yeah. uphold them. It's the number one reason that people can get lost into disordered eating is, is trying to man- maintain and stay in or get to those beauty standards. And one of my favorite quotes is that your thin friends can be struggling and your fat friends can be thriving. And the beauty standards and the way that we see the world allow thin people and people that fit the mold of the beauty standards to struggle in silence because people are praising them or making them feel like their value is attached to their body. And then you have your fat friends who don't fit the mold, who are doing the right things to take care of themselves, who are living their best lives that will never feel like enough because they don't fit the mold. Um, and again, opposite ends of the spectrum, but at the end of the day, neither both struggling. Yeah, both struggling. So it's one of those right. things where I think that um, we need people that are within the walls of the beauty standards to understand that they're also impacting them in order for us to change them and move the, the needle in the right way. Um, and I, again, we need that allyship in, in order to kind of change it because it was eye opening to read about how many people within the walls of the beauty standards are feeling like their worth is only attached to their body or they're only with a partner. And if their body changes that they're going to lose that partner or they only got the job that they got because of how they looked or, um, and like that isn't a really shitty way to live your life. Feeling like your body and the way you look is the only reason why you have the things that you have. And just like it was shitty for me to think that my body is the reason why I don't have the things I wanted or needed or couldn't have the things I wanted and needed. Um, and I've come to the other side of realizing that my body plays zero hold on what I can and can't do or how successful I can and can't be or the partners that I deserve. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a very nuanced and very deep conversation. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's just realizing that, like you said, we're subscribed to these beauty standards. We've chosen to allow them to kind of dictate what we do and don't do. And there's, there's nobody in charge of that. So you can unsubscribe. Yeah, there's nobody <laughs> in charge of that. That's literally just us making those decisions. Um, but again, it's, easier said than done because our our whole world runs around them. Right. 
Totally. Well, I do want to ask you and like that, hopefully you can also give some advice to people who want to know how to unsubscribe, but how did you get to this like space mentally? Like, cause I know you've shared, like you did lose a significant amount of weight in a short period of time and you did feel like unhappy. So I'm assuming there was a, there was a learning. Yeah. There's a massive of learning. learning curve. And like, so how did you get to this place mentally? I have three things to make it like an easy to understand. I did a bikini competition. I lost all the weight that everybody told me was making me unhappy. Why did you do that? Because I thoroughly thought that I needed to lose weight to be happy. I was 24 years old. I had put on my freshman 15, which was a, I ended up being a freshman, you know, 100. And I was learning how to move in ways that were not in sport because I had grown up being athletic. I played basketball. I jumped rope. I did Taekwondo. I have my second degree black belt. I did all of these sport things for movement. And then when I was no longer competitive enough to play those things, when I got into university, I lost all movement in my life. Um, Mm -hmm. And if I'm being honest, at that point, I didn't even realize that those things that I were doing were were movement. I enjoyed them. They weren't, you know, I thought, you know, I thought that that was just me enjoying myself. And then when I got into university and I put on all this weight, Everybody was like, okay, you just need to lose the weight. You need to go to a gym and you need to lose weight. So what I learned about movement when I lost my sports was it needed to happen in a gym and it needed to be awful and it needed to help me lose weight. Those are the only three things I learned about exercise. So there I was working at a fitness facility and and I was like, okay, we're going to, we're going to lose the weight. I did a bikini competition. I ate the same thing every day for nine months. I lost over 110 pounds. I exercised seven days a week. I exercised probably two to four hours a day. I binge ate on Saturdays. And I took drugs that I should not have taken within the fitness industry for weight loss. And then I hit the stage. And everybody told me when I lost this weight, I was going to feel good and I was going to be better. And I walked across the stage at 127 pounds, I think I was. I was the most physically and mentally unhealthy that I will ever be or allow myself to be in my entire life. I walked across that stage thinking that it was going to change my life. And the only thing that changed from before I lost my weight and after I lost my weight was how people spoke to me and how I was treated. And that is a disgusting feeling. That feeling like people only like you or people only respect you again because of how you look. When nothing had changed with who I was, I was still funny and kind and compassionate. And I still had an incredible work ethic. And I was a good friend and a solid partner. However, I was now thin. I now fit better into these beauty standards. So people liked me better and people gave me more attention and they treated me better. And I think at that point I had, you know, I was raised to believe that I was a good person. I was raised to believe that what I add that in terms of value to the world is based off of who I am. I was always raised that way. But when you're also consuming, seeing, reading, watching things that are telling you otherwise, it's hard to, to sit in what you're taught because who knows more, my parents 
or the world. Like who, you know, who knows more? My parents have to love me. They have to say those things. Whereas like, but here I am consuming and seeing things that are telling me the exact opposite of that. Um, So walking across the stage was the first point that I realized that being thin wasn't going to solve my problems because I was thin and I felt sick about it. On top of that, I had learned a single thing about how to move or how to eat or how to treat my body. Um, It was hacked. Yeah. So then years later, I decide I'm going to go to the beach in Florida with my husband. Nobody was going to know me. It had been 12 years since I had been to a beach with him or anybody because I didn't want to be in a bathing suit and I didn't want to be in front of strangers. Before you go to the beach, was your relationship with your body up until that point like... Off and on. Off and on in the gym. Yeah. So you were just kind of in limbo, struggling, figuring out Mm -hmm. who am I? Yeah. The majority, like the majority of human beings. Like I tried, I tried everything, everything in a gym. Like I tried all types of different exercise. I gained my weight back from pre-competition. I lost more weight. I gained more weight. I lost more weight. I was in the gym. I was out of the gym. I was in the gym. It was just a a constant up and down and up and down and up and down. Still realizing that I didn't need to be thin, but still not able to find stability within the walls of a fitness facility or with my eating or, you know, my body. But we went on this, we went on this trip and I, we were going to be on a beach. There's no way to get away from a beach in Florida. I knew I wasn't going to be able to say, no, sorry, I'm busy. I'm literally on vacation. So I bought myself a one piece bathing suit and I went to the beach in Florida. And my husband and I, this is a core memory for me, is us just in the water in Florida for probably two to three hours. Like we were like raisins when we came out. We spent the whole time like talking, just spending time with each other. Not a single person cared that I was fat. Not a single person made me feel uncomfortable. He couldn't have cared less. He was just happy to be there with me. And then we got back to the place where we were staying and I got in the shower and I, I was like this release of emotion. I'm going to cry. Um, it was like this release of emotion and grief and pain and anger and defeat, but also kind of like relief that I had one done something that had made me uncomfortable for years. But you know, when you do something that you've built up in your head as being this tragic, awful thing, and then it turns out to not be, and you're just thinking in your head, well, what have I done? What have I done for the last 12 years of my life not doing this? And then I felt so angry at myself because here was my partner who loves me unconditionally on the beach with me in Florida, having the best time. And I had deprived him of that for 12 years. This was the second moment where I realized that although I didn't need to be thin to be happy, I was still allowing my body to dictate what I did and didn't allow myself to do. And this went far beyond a moment on the beach. This was the jobs I interviewed for. This was this the clothing I wear, wore. This was how I showed up for the people in my life. And it was just this overwhelming feeling of 
sadness that I had probably let down so many people because of my body. How many times did, you know, my friends ask me to go be a part of things that I felt uncomfortable going because of my body that I didn't go, but they felt like I just didn't want to be there. Or, you know, how many, I have years of my life where I have no photos of myself that I can't go back. I grew up on technology. I should have photos of every single piece of my life, but I have years where I can't go back and show you what I looked like. I can't go back and show you what I did. And yeah, so that was the second moment where I decided I was just no longer going to allow how I looked to dictate the things that I didn't, didn't do. Um, and again, that's easier said than done. So when I got back from Florida, I just decided that I needed to go back to what my parents had always told me. And what I had grew up learning is that who I am and what I add to this world has to do with more than my body. So I started what I have now coined my love me journal. And I got just a crappy little journal from the dollar store because if I'm being honest, I didn't think I was going to do it regularly. And I just started writing things that I liked about myself on a regular basis that had nothing to do with my body. So something as simple as how I handled a tough conversation during the day at work or that I was a really good friend that day or that I had shown up for a member of my gym or I had shown up for my husband in a way that I hadn't before. And all of a sudden, I had this little booklet filled with really cool things about who I am that don't change whether I'm 127 pounds like I was the first day on the stage or at that point, 200 and probably, I don't even know, to be honest, 250 plus pounds at that point. But for some reason, I had been basing what I added to this world on this running scale of my weight. And um, that book allowed me to separate who I was from what I looked like. And it was a really eye-opening moment for me to realize that, how one, how silly that is. But two, my ability to like stay true to who I am while the world viewed me the opposite way. Because that's the hardest part of learning to love yourself is you can't convince other people to separate your worth from your body. You, you have to be your own advocate and the world is going to always, and I hope one day that that's not the case, but for right now, it's the, the easiest way to explain it that the majority of the world is always going to see your body and how you fit into the beauty standards first and then who you are second. So you have to be your biggest advocate as to who you are and the boundaries you set and how you accept that from the world. But separating those things allowed me to just live more true to who I was. Uh, because at the end of the day, although people are judging and looking from the outside, the only person or the only people that accept the repercussions of me living my life based off of how I look is myself and the people that I love. Not the strangers I walk past on the street, not the people who see me online. So yeah, it was definitely an all-encompassing, those three moments for sure, all intertwined into one another with lots of struggle in between, has kind of gotten me to this point. Um, And then... I now what I'm working on and what I um, preach and speak about is just learning how now that I like who I am and now that I see so much value in what I add to this world, 
I only want to do things for myself that are going to make me feel good and keep me here longer and make me a better partner and a better friend and, and a, a better self-love advocate and help me show up stronger for the people that are a part of my platform. So now what I continue to work on and probably will work on for the rest of my life is how to move my body for the right reasons uh, and, and how to treat myself and my body with respect because I had spent so much time trying to make decisions for it out of hate because I hated how I felt. I hated how other people looked at me. I hated that I didn't want to do things. And then now it's, I literally can't be any of the cool things about me, any of the things that are in my little book without my body. So how can I disrespect the one thing that helps me be all of those things every single day? And no matter how much hate and no matter how horrible I was to this body, every day it wakes up and it takes me and it does the things with me and it shows up because it has to. And um, your relationship with your body is just like any relationship that you have in your life, except for you know how we there's a saying that you obviously take for granted the people who you are your yeah. closest to because you know they have to love you or because you know that they're going to show up for you the relationship we take the most for granted as human beings is our relationship with our body it is the one thing in this world that can literally not walk away it yeah. can shut down but it cannot walk away so no matter how mean you are to it today tomorrow morning when you go to put your feet on the ground they're going to show up and they're going to be there. Um, and I had spent so much time just abusing this that I was like, I have so many years now to make up for that, like to make up for not showing you the love you deserve for allowing me to be who I am. Yeah, essentially. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. When you say it's a core memory, I totally understand what you mean. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So during all of this time, whether you felt really good and, you know, want, treated your body with respect or were doing not the opposite, was your husband like a supportive partner throughout it? Like, was there anything, like you said before, you ignore the things that your parents say because you think that the world knows better. Were you also ignoring the things your husband was like reinforcing to you? Yes. I mean, I'm very grateful and I'm very lucky and I consider myself extremely blessed to still be in a partnership with my husband because when I look back how I treated myself and how I didn't show up for myself, so many of those moments were me not showing up for him too. You know, you're in a partnership. Um, when you don't show up for yourself, that's often impacting other people. And we've been together since we were 16 years old. So anytime I didn't show up for myself over those years, I was also not showing up for him. I am very grateful for how supportive and kind and how he showed up for me no matter, no matter what. Uh, but I'm most grateful for the fact that he continued to be here even when I didn't allow him 
to love me the way that he wanted to love me. Because I think that that's the biggest regret in that moment on the beach was how many times have I said no to intimacy? How many times have I made him feel stupid for loving me? How many times have I neglected a compliment from him because I would, you have to say that when realistically he didn't, he did not have to show up for me all those times. He did not, you know, we were just on the beach this weekend because I haven't missed a beach day since. And we're in the water and I said to him, you know, I still feel a lot of grief when we're doing things that I didn't allow us to do for so long. And I said, you know, how come you were just okay with not going to the beach? Like, why were you just okay with me saying no to those things and he turns to me and goes my job as your partner is to never make you do things you don't want to do and I was like you're right but my job as your partner is to show up for you and I think it was obviously I love him to death and he's you know the best human being. However, I think again, a lot of the grief comes from me realizing what a shitty partner I was for a lot of it and how grateful I am for him because in those moments he could have been resentful Mm. for me towards me for not wanting to do those things. He could have been resentful for all of the times that I didn't show up, but instead in his precious kind, caring mind, he was like, that's a boundary. I'm going to respect right. it and I'd never want to make her feel uncomfortable. And yeah, I obviously this is an emotion that has not gone away. Um, and it's one that I like for people to yeah. see because there's years of my life that I can't get back because I didn't realize it sooner. And it very much is. I like the word grief because it's the only way for me to help people understand that I'm grieving moments of my life that I'll never get back. I'm grieving experiences that I'll never get a chance to relive. Um, I'm grieving moments with people I love that I'll never get back. But I'm also able to like celebrate the way that I live my life now. And there is also so much joy. But the grief is real. Right. When you get to a point of, of happiness with your body and you get to the point of, of living it because you realize how much sooner you could have been reali- living it if you just would have realized the things you you know now a lot sooner than you had. But yeah, that's why I try to show up every day because like this grief runs my life at some times and I never want people to feel the grief and the loss that I feel on a regular basis. So if I can help somebody realize the things that I've realized now sooner in their life. Um, that's all I can ask for with my platform and, and who I am because I, I, I wish I could go back, but I also am a firm believer in everything happens for a reason. And that's likely why I'm here. That's likely why I have this platform, but yeah, I definitely neglected him and I'm definitely very grateful that he saw yeah. it 
so compassionately and so kindly because that's not always the case. I probably saw that you were struggling and it wasn't just like, you don't want to go because you're being mean like to him as a partner, like, because he wants to go. It's you're struggling with something and I'm not going to push it. That's very beautiful. So for people who are listening, who are like, okay, I really want to change. I don't want to feel the grief that Alicia's saying because I identify with a lot of what she's saying. What can you share with people or like what things are you doing now that you would usually say no to before or are making sure to be proactive <sighs> to say yes to that celebrate your body and celebrate respect in a respectful way or like what are you doing to make up for that time um, that that other people can sort of turn around and you know think about that they also may say no to and that they could actually turn around and say yes to. I think it's just understanding your why behind saying no. Because as human beings, you're entitled to say no. And I think some, learning how to say no is super important when you're protecting your time and, and your, you know, your capacity. However, understanding why you're saying no is super important. So when you're asked to do things, really understanding the why behind it. Are you saying no to the photo because of how you look or are you saying no to the photo um, because you just genuinely don't want to capture the moment or are you saying no to a party because you're uncomfortable in your body? Are you saying no because it's, you don't have the capacity to be there tonight and that's completely valid. But I do find that the majority of the world and people who are struggling with their bodies, their no's come from a place of discomfort with their body and just understanding that it's, this is going to come across harsh. It's a very selfish position to make all of your decisions surrounded by solely you. And I say that now looking back on how many things I said no to uh, because I was just uncomfortable with myself that a lot of other people missed out on me being present and me being there for them. And that's why when I looked and did my journal, it made it a lot easier for me to realize that like people don't want you around for your body. The majority of people that love you aren't looking for you to be around because of how you look or you know what your body looks like. And if you have those people in your life, they're the wrong people. Disclaimer. However, we base a lot of the decisions that we do based off of how we look. So when you're in the moment and a friend says, let's take a picture, they're not saying you look really good right now. Let's take a photo. They're saying, I want to have this memory forever mm-hmm. and you're an important part of it. So can we take a photo? And reevaluating your wise to know is important. But the little things that I did for myself was just like learning how to dress my body for me instead of, you know, trying to hide, saying yes to things that made me uncomfortable because of, once you start to do them, it's like exposure therapy. Once you start to do the things that you dread the most, you'll realize how silly a lot of of those things really are. Um, And I say silly because that's how it feels. When you build something up in your brain to be this awful experience and then you do it and you're like, oh, shoot. Like this is ridiculous that I've kind of done it. So, And just realizing that you have to like go easy on yourself, that the world... You've been taught to believe these things your entire life. It's no easy feat to just, it's not like a button that I just clicked one day and I started living a more fulfilled life. It's 
little actions like my love me journal or moving my body for the right reasons or saying yes to things that made me feel uncomfortable that allowed me to be living what I'm living in now. And it's not an easy thing to, to do. Cause like I said before, you're your own, you're your number one advocate and the world is still going to judge you from the outside. And, and you've got to be the person that gives yourself opportunities from the inside out. And that's a really big thing to change. Yeah, absolutely. I love that being your own advocate. The thing about the also like the story is, is important too, because it was like around a bathing suit. And like, I feel like for a lot of people, like the bathing suit is, or like the bikini is the source of anxiety around your body. And like, that's what, and because of there's so much swirling bullshit in media about like summer bodies, all of that stuff. So like for me also, when I just sort of allowed myself just to get like cute one pieces and like the stress of what I look like just went out the window and I was just like, oh my God, like even just this weekend, I had like a girl's weekend with my friends and I like just without thinking, just packed my cute one piece that I bought. And there was just, and then I looked back on it. Like I reflected after the day that we wore our, we were at the beach. I was like, I cannot believe how little thought I put into putting this thing that I packed. (laughs) And whereas in the past, I thought back to other girls trips when I was much younger and I would stress about my like bathing suit look, like should I wear my high-waisted shorts? Should I wear this? Like all of this stuff. And at the end of the day, it like didn't matter. Like my experience was so much better when I didn't care, give a shit. And I was just like happy to be present with my friends. And I do believe that like that's part of like the beach thing. It was like probably the thing that was like on the pedestal, the highest on the pedestal because it did, there was, there's so much noise from the world about our bodies in bathing suits and it's so fucked up. (laughs) But I really, I think that like just even hearing you share that story will send a loud message to people about like, just put, get get something that you feel good in and go have a good time and like take all the other, like just try it one time. Like just one day, like just try it. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to commit to the weekend after you could just do it that one time and see how you feel. And that silly thing that you describe is so true. I feel that it's, it's so, it becomes so silly. You're like, silly. what was I so worried about? Like, what, what did I, what do I care if this random person thinks I have a thigh that's slightly larger than my friends? Like, what, 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 is, yeah. what does that even mean? This doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I really appreciate you t- telling that story. just quickly about movement. Like, so what are you doing now that you enjoy that versus what you, I know what you did before you said, like you were just at the gym, like for four hours, which is absolutely atrocious. (laughs) But I've also heard celebrities. I was, I just did an episode about like celebrity things. I remember celebrities used to say to like, get fit. And like, that was one of them being in the gym for four hours. And I'd be like, I don't have time to do that. I'm never going to be fit. So like, yeah. What, what, what do you do now that you enjoy? Um, the movement that changed my mind on movement in general was powerlifting. It was the first time that I realized that like how I looked played no part in 
how good I was at something. Because I think even still, when we think about fitness and movement, we, we have a vision of what people look like doing fitness and movement. Whereas powerlifting, the sport in general is one, such a huge community, but two, it's, it has, you can be the fittest person in the world, but you cannot be strong. Like you can be, you know, you can be thin and fit all of the beauty standards and not be able to deadlift, you know, 315 pounds. So powerlifting was a really cool way for me to really challenge my brain around doing something in a gym that wasn't necessarily going to change my outer part of my body, but was going to make me feel stronger and make me feel better and going to contribute to my health. Um, It was also the first time that I ever left the gym excited to go back. And it was like, oh, okay, like I'm good at this. I can do this again. So I thoroughly enjoy powerlifting. So specifically like deadlifts, squatting, bench press, things that make me feel strong. Um, But I also have been really challenging myself over the last three years to do untraditional movement because I think it's super important to challenge the fact that I think the majority of people, when they think exercise, think in a gym. And I don't think everybody has the capacity to be in a gym or can afford to always be in a gym or, you know, has the privilege of having access to a gym. So for me, I got roller skates and I roller skate. I love roller skating. I love to jump rope. Skipping is one of my favorite things in the entire entire world. I just love the movement in general. But I shoot hoops with like my husband, just like the most untraditional <laughs> way to exercise. But it's like one of our favorite ways to just go move on a really hot day. We hike, and I love virtual reality supernatural. Exercise. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I've done that too. I love it. I have my Oculus, which I was using for like other fun things, but I am obsessed with supernatural. I'm obsessed. (laughs) I'm obsessed with anything that's coached. I love like group fitness too. Like I love having somebody telling me what to do that. I I know the timeframe that I'm going to exercise for. Yes. And then it's just like going to be done and over with Mm because I enjoy that like camaraderie part, but virtual reality is definitely like my top one because I find it also just like for me and my schedule, like some mornings I can fit like a quick three tracks in the morning and then three tracks at night. And then that just like kind of helps me get my movement in for the day. And it goes with me. Like I I took it with me on vacation and it can go everywhere with me. Do you do the flow or do you do boxing? (laughs) Well, I was only doing boxing, but I love flow. I just feel like I'm not good at it. And I hate the feeling of not Uh, good. Like I'm pretty good at the boxing port. Obviously that comes with like a martial arts background, but like the flow is like such large fluid motions that so I just, fun. I feel like I'm flailing in certain moments. But <laughs> yeah, I just love the way, I mean, again, I'm talking about it, smiling. I love it. It makes me feel good. Yeah. It's just a cool way to move. So yeah, anything at this point that's untraditional, I still love going to the work, to the, to like the little gym that my husband and I have. And I have a, a fit for less membership. That's like a Canadian little Canadian gym that I, uh, <laughs> I go to and I'll go there with my sister every once in a while. But like, I just decide when I wake up how I want to move my body that day. And then I do it. And that has been the easiest way for me to find movement and has been the most consistent that I've ever been with it, you know? And I, I think 
my one thing that I just want people to understand is that it doesn't have to happen in a gym. And I get this message all the time when I talk about my virtual reality or I talk about hiking or Scott and I shooting hoops. I'll get people being like, but like, is that exercise? And I'm like, right. we've learned, like we've been taught that it like has to be this awful experience. And like, it does not need to be awful. It should not be awful. Right. If you're paying money to a fitness facility, you should like going there. And I think people forget, like you should enjoy your time with whatever it is you're doing. And then I know so many people get into the rut of, Oh, I need to lose weight. So I'm going to go to a gym. And it's like, no, if somebody would have told me when I was 25 that I didn't need to lose weight, that I needed to find something I enjoyed doing and the way I needed to start moving my body in ways that brought me joy, my body would look completely different at 32 than it does now because I would have, I wouldn't have struggled so much with movement. I would have been consistent. I would have found something that I, I loved doing. And rather than dwelling on how the outside of my body looked, which are like the minimal benefits of exercise have anything to do with how your exterior looks. The majority of benefits for movement have to do with your insides. But we as human beings, again, going back to beauty standards and fitting the mold and how we view success is that people base their entire success off of their body changing externally before they ever recognize or understand the benefits of movement internally. Um, And I will always argue that the benefits internally will always, 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 always outweigh the benefits externally or the changes externally to your body for movement. Always. Um, But again, when you're trying to fit a mold, external changes are what kind of decides whether or not you're successful. Um, It's really hard to see past that or find things that are really going to be consistent for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Agree that consistency is like the key to actually moving for a long, long period of time is finding. And in order to be consistent, you have to find something that you enjoy doing. I love the uh, message of just like getting up and deciding I'm going to move today, but how? Like, what yeah. am I, what's the, the decision of moving is already there. So like, what is it that I'm doing today? What do I have the capacity for? Yeah. Like, what am I in the some, yeah. Sometimes I only have the capacity for a 15 minute walk. Well, if that's all you have the capacity for, then okay. Yeah. But uh, people don't think that that's a valid way to move. And I'm here to tell you that if every human being just moved their body for 15 minutes every single day. Mm-hmm. you would feel better if things would it, it's a like but we don't actively make those decisions because we we think typically you look at 15 minutes of a walk as non-valid because like what is that going to change because right. we're thinking how am i going to get abs from a 15 minute walk exactly right. and it's like but like your heart is going to be healthier like there's just so many benefits to exercise i have nothing to do with that and when i really realized that i was like holy crap we base our, our entire success off of one, one of the hardest things to do. Your body is like the hardest thing in the world to change because typically any changes that you do to it and in order for your body to change, it doesn't always happen in an actual fitness facility or with movement. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, if you're seeing somebody that's telling you that their body's changing solely off of exercises, I will fight to 
tell you that likely there's some type of disordered eating that's happening in the background of, of it. I was a part of it. I told people that going to the gym three and four hours a day was what was changing my body. But in the meantime, I was eating the same things every day. I, it was awful. I submersed myself into disordered eating in order for me to be able to like alter my body when realistically, if I just would have exercised an hour a day, we, we would have been good. Yeah. Some people say that the only real benefits of exercise are internally and like in order for you to see like external changes it is all what you eat so yeah i and if you don't know the benefits internally too how can you ever measure your success like if you also don't understand like movement increases your libido it decreases your stress it it increases your mood it changes your sleep patterns like there's so many things that it does but if those are not ways you're ever going to measure your success then you're never going to feel successful moving your body and that's you like the truth because no matter how much you move your body no matter how physically fit like i love my husband it doesn't matter how physically fit he remains for the rest of his life his body will not continue to maintain this muscle mass that he has he will not continue to contain the flexibility and the mobility that he has. His body is going to age. His joints are going to change. He's going to lose muscle density. He will not always look the same. (laughs) So only basing how you move your body off of how you look is such a crappy way to do so because it doesn't matter how physically fit you are. The body's always going to change. It's always going to alter. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Alicia. This has been so nice. And I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show and tell your story and everything, share your message. If people want to continue to hear more or follow you, if they don't already follow you, where can they find you? My two main platforms are TikTok and Instagram. And it's just at Alicia McCarville. That's awesome. I love following you. You're amazing. Thank you again so much. And that is it for today's episode of Diet Stars Tomorrow. Alicia's going to be back with me this Thursday doing our DST Thursday episode, answering your guys' questions, sharing some DST wins. So be sure to listen to this Thursday's episode too. If you love this one, please leave us a five-star review. Alicia and I would really appreciate that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you can email us DST at Betches.com to submit your things. You can follow me at Aileen. You can follow Follow Alicia, like she said, at Alicia McCarville. You can follow DST at Dice Are Tomorrow. And we're always with you through thick and thin. Diet Starts Tomorrow is produced by Sean Kilby, Stacey Wong, and Jorge Morales Pico. Editing by Stacey Wong. Be sure to follow at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to DST at Betches.com. 